I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. In the six months following the Freedom House fire, Shantae Monroe's circumstances had changed remarkably so. Our hapless duckling had become something of a swan. Elevated far beyond the station in which she was born, she now resided on the top floor of a luxurious high-rise in San Francisco. On this particular morning, Shantae stood at a street-side window and stared at all the busy little people down below. Despite her newfound fortunes, she had been feeling melancholy as of late, and for good reason. Her entire life was beyond her own recognition. She need only look in the mirror to confirm that. Clothed in fine accoutrements and made beneficiary to the best makeover money could buy, Chante admittedly made for a most lovely figure. In short, she had become an imposter. At the surface level, our impudent heroine was much improved, but who could believe that a foul-mouthed juvenile delinquent with no prospects had truly transformed into a genteel ingenue? It was absurd, and Chante knew it to be absurd. To make things worse, young Chante was partitioned from the outside world. Forbidden to go out unless accompanied by Irene, 
She was prisoner to the ivory tower she called home. Thus, all was not well. And despite the wealth and privileges her villainous Slavic mistress had bestowed upon her, Shantae was beginning to feel the proverbial call of the wild. Call of the wild? The fuck? Stop listening to him. Focus on your own voice. Have you finished your Mandarin lessons? Imposter. I mean, man, just listen. Just shut up. <clears throat> Lauren, are you paying attention? Hello? Lauren? Why do you have to call me that when we're in the house? Because that's your name. Lauren. That's when I'm out there. In here, I'm Shantae. Well, stick to Lauren. It'll only confuse you otherwise. You must believe you are Lauren. There's just no room for Shantae. And what's wrong with Shantae? Shantae's to... To um what? Ghetto? I was going to say ethnic. Now you know damn well that's a motherfucking euphemism. Great to see your vocabulary is improving. But guess what? When I came to this country, I had to change my name too. So I could blend in, be free from my past. That's how it is. <sighs> Whatever, Irina. If you're going to be petulant, you might as well skip the Mandarin and prepare for combat training. Wait, seriously? I mean, damn, my ass is still sore from yesterday. It's your weakest area, and we don't let weakness fester. Okay, I know. We kill it. Good. So get dressed. What had Shantae gotten herself into? Let's rewind to the beginning of Shantae's new life so that it may be understood how all this came to be. That fateful night at the halfway house had consequences she did not foresee. After killing Davon and burning down the building, Irene and Shantae arrived at the doorstep of Valera, Irene's uncle. When they entered his home, Valera was surrounded by a half-dozen armed guards who promptly tended to his every command. He was a rather small man, but his confident authority permeated the room. And his eyes... His icy, unblinking eyes made Shante feel he was capable of any number of violent things. There was no question. Valera was not a man to be trifled with. Even the self-assured Irene shrunk a little under his frosty stare and disapproving words. You disappoint me, Irina. This Freedom House was very important to my enterprise. How can I trust you to not make the same mistake again? Unfortunately, this couldn't be avoided. One of our FBI friends got spooked and planned to betray us. What are you talking about? I couldn't tell you, but that house was always going to go down in flames, even without Devon. And what of our friend at the OPD? They got sloppy, greedy. Because of them, we were exposed. I destroyed all evidence except for what's on my computer. Mm, you should have told me first. Could have told me in a car. And who is this sad devochka you have brought? I believe she could be helpful to us. She's got potential. I will be the judge of that. Little girl, what do you know of your so-called potential? Uh, I mean, I don't fucking know. I guess I just don't take anyone's shit. I mean, not anymore. You are certainly spirited, but... That's not enough. What else? Well, I just killed the asshole who lied to me and tried to pimp me. Irina, is this correct? She didn't just kill him. 
She stabbed him and beat him. A killer? Impressive indeed. This I can work with. You and I have something in common. I don't like lies either. Let's say we have a deal. A contract. A contract is only a piece of paper. You can rip it in a half and it's gone. But it's your word that I care about. You say you will do something, then you must keep your word. Is this something you can do? And what's in it for me? Shante, you don't have a lot of options here. You will be you, a killer. My killer, my eyes, my hands. Irina would overseas your training, which I warn you, will be intense. And you must listen and obey without a question. Sounds like yet another motherfucking pimp, Irina. Maybe so, in a sense. But you will want for nothing. Not only that, you will be provided with a skill set only two dozen in the entire world possess. And if you prove yourself to be all that my niece claims you are, you will travel in every continent and you have others eating from the palm of your hand. Did your pimp make such promise? Hell no. Mm -hmm. So, do I have your word? Hmm? That night, Shante gave her word to Valera. But she soon learned that a deal with the devil always has its price. Shante's Soviet overlords turned out to be merciless. She was given a brutal and rigorous training regiment. It started with a 4 a.m. wake-up call, followed by combat and tactical training. Then it was time for social etiquette, computer skills, behavioral science, and language studies. By the end of each day, she could barely move. Poor Shante, who hadn't even graduated from ninth grade, was thrown into a life of harsh discipline and inculcation. She dared not complain, but it was only a matter of time before Shante's temper returned and anger replaced fear. When Irene informed her healthy food would be the sole provisions provided, Shante lashed out in her typical manner. <sighs> what the fuck you mean I can't have fruity pebbles? Listen, I'm tired of eating these nasty-ass egg whites. Shante, my uncle will be very angry if he hears about this behavior. I don't like it either, but we are bound by our word to follow all directions. And fuck Valera. Okay, this is... Bullshit! Y'all are Nazis, and you know what? I didn't sign up to be bossed around by Nazis. That night, Shante learned what she was up against when her dinner was withheld. And no breakfast the following morning either. When she was finally given a meal, it consisted of nothing but a boiled chicken breast and a small dry potato. It was clear there would be severe repercussions for bad behavior. On the twelfth day of her training, she was informed that her unpolished nature and lack of education necessitated an expedited solution. Every day, Shante was given an unidentified green pill to take with breakfast. A nurse explained that it was a special vitamin, a cure for the base instincts to which Shante was prone. 
though she was skeptical at first in just a few weeks. The results were undeniably marvelous. Chante found that she wanted to be agreeable, pleasant, and dependable. Most curiously, the desire to learn was sparked within her, as if someone had turned on a switch that had been off her whole life. Within six months' time, Chante learned to speak proper American English, British English, Spanish, and French. With the combination of meticulous study and the pill's powerful influence, she learned to deceive, seduce, and charm. Under Irene's guidance, she was chiseled, refined, and reshaped to look like that which she was not, a person of good breeding. This pretense of gentility pleased Irene very much. Chante had become a piece of clockwork, recreated in the foul image of her former madam, and so it was time to move to the next phase. Once core training was complete, Chante was sent to the penthouse dwellings with Irene to fine-tune her skills. Oh! Damn! Wow! You mean to tell me this is what we live in like now? I mean, this looks like a whole palace or something. You earned it, Shantae. My uncle is very pleased with your progress. This is your reward. It was then that she was debriefed on her first mission. The job was simple. Get close to the mayor of Oakland and report back. No reason or explanation was provided and questions were greatly discouraged. Obviously, Shantae could not take on the task as herself and so the character, Lauren, emerged. The name was Irene's idea, but the identity was left to Shantae to create. Unlike Shantae's own sorry past, Lauren was a good girl from a working-class family. Lauren did her homework and got straight A's, respected her elders, and had high ambitions. She was everything Shantae could never truly be. Like a little girl playing dress-up, she adopted Lauren's clothes, hair, and speech patterns, practiced her backstory and researched colleges, but her newfound education only made her realize, with shame, that her own true life had been a very pitiful one. And so, we arrive back at the present, where Shantae's feelings of inadequacy and growing loneliness had put her on the verge of an existential crisis. In any case, she could not shake the feeling that no matter what she did, she was just a hood rat from Vallejo. Deep down, Shantae knew she would never be Lauren. Perhaps this internal mess had a cause. Specifically, the fact that she had stopped taking the green vitamins. She hadn't planned to stop. The thought had simply entered her mind. Before she knew it, she had a week's worth of pills in her drawer. Of course, Irene was unaware of the dereliction, but as she sparred with Shantae, she couldn't help but notice a reversal in the girl's behavioral improvements. Left hook, right uppercut, keep your elbows down. When am I going to be able to go outside? Outside? Yeah, like on my own time. I don't know, it depends. Depends on what? 
you're still in training, focus on your current mission. I'm not a fucking robot, you know. I gotta have a break sometimes. Why do you insist on speaking that way? Well, what do you want from me, huh? Should I speak in the Queen's English? Mm. Ow! That was a cheap shot. Get back up, quickly. I'm gonna see about having your dosage increased. You know what? Don't even bother. I stopped taking that shit a week ago. Stop taking? Tell me you're joking. That could be very dangerous. Dangerous? Who is in danger here? Dada, you're early. We were just finishing up combat training. The девочка is improving, I hope. Certainly keeping me on my toes. Take a break. I wish to talk with uh, this young lady. Lauren, come. Sit. <coughs> How did your first day go? Hmm? What did you learn from Lady Martelli? Um, well, I was only with him for a minute. He was sad about some shit about his son and described his failure as a father. Only a minute, and already he buried his soul to you. Very good, very good, go on. Okay, and then he got on a phone call, and his assistant took me out of the office, but I made an excuse to go back and listen to the conversation from outside of the door. Yes, and? I think he was being blackmailed or something by a guy named, um, Chuck. You have done very, very well, Irina. Irina, Irishka, I would like to speak with you privately. One second. Yes? Am I gonna have to sleep with that guy? <laughs> what a question. That's funny. I mean, will I have to kill him? As you know, we will impart whatever means necessary to achieve our goals. Any other queries? Actually, yes. Okay, I was telling Irene that I need more freedom. You know, I, I want to go out and... No! No? Just no. Uh, okay, right. No. Do not ask again. Ira, пошли. Она не готова. Это правда. Ей нужно больше времени. Нашим друзьям дома нужно, чтобы она была готова и готова скоро. Whenever Irene and Valera spoke Russian, Shante knew she was being left out of the loop intentionally. Angry at Valera's dismissiveness, she went to her room to sulk. At the window, she stared at the sun setting over the bay. All she saw was a world she'd never be part of. But what she didn't see was far more important. Many stories down below an old demon from her past loitered 
Davon Wallace and his mother Angela stood outside her building. Scarred and disfigured, Davon was very much changed. Revenge burned in his eyes like the fire that had nearly killed him. Shantae believed she had escaped her fate. But fate would have its way, sooner or later. But what this bitter, conniving voice of the patriarchy didn't know was that Shantae's path was never set in stone. Underneath trauma and insecurities, she had incredible strength and willpower. This new life was just one chapter in a remarkable destiny that she would soon fulfill. Only she could determine her own fate, even if she didn't know it yet. Now who the hell are you? I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash TheShot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Liberation Radio is proud to present author of The Color Purple, Pulitzer Prize winner, activist, and Oakland resident, Alice Walker. Welcome back to Liberation Radio. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Owen, coming to you from the beautiful Lower Bottoms. <laughs> Today, I am so happy and excited to say we have a very special guest with us. Honestly, she is just an overall inspiration and a literary icon. Everyone out there, please welcome Alice Walker. I'm sure that they're clapping their hands right now and cheering. <laughs> um, in your poem, Loving Oakland, 
You call Oakland an urban paradise. Do not despoil it, which means getting rid of the poor and black and people of color people. Oakland can be what it has been for a long time, an urban paradise. It is a place where the young blonde woman crossing the street in front of you and in front of your car would look like a threat to the neighborhood, except she's frowning over some deep issue in her inner life and wearing outrageous, vivid blue shoes. It is a place where... And you're originally from Georgia. Mm -hmm. So um, I just wanted to know, what is it about the city that moved you that much? Well, just the spirit of it, and actually seeing women, uh, especially on their morning and evening hikes around the lake uh, with a sense of freedom to sit and to be with each other uh, in a calmness and a, in a just taken for granted way that you rarely see in other cities where people seem to be more uptight. Um, I also wonder seeing that that slowness and that uh, beauty and just seeing women just living and being. And, you know, that's where Black Panther Party started and where the struggle and fight is. Was it the juxtaposition kind of, of mm -hmm. that struggle that we've all seen, just even just being a black woman and being able to see them be in peace? How does peace coexist with struggle? Yes. Struggle makes it possible for you to have peace. I mean, I actually, you know, I'm not always in Oakland because I love the country, but I'm there as much as I can be. And part of it is that if I don't see black people, I, I don't feel well. So I think part of the, the, you know, the feeling that many people have is that you actually get to see not only healthy, you know, interracial people, but definitely you get to see some healthy black people, you know, living real lives and having a really good time there on the grass, which is such a simple thing, but it's something we so much need to have in our lives. Just the awareness that people can choose a city, claim it as a liberated space for all people to enjoy and to be human together. I mean, we are losing spaces where people feel that they can still be human together. A place where you can exercise your, your soul, you know, that you can really have a soul. Yeah. And a way of thinking about soul, too, that everybody can relate to is as compassion. So the world at large is filled with so much sadness and terror and anger and between the various you know, forms of violence and injustice, a lot of people are feeling hopeless and powerless in the face of it all. So I guess my question would be, what advice would you give young activists who are looking to get involved or make a difference or make a change? The best change you make is right where you're standing. You know, how about doing it in your house? You know, how about doing it with your children, doing it with your parents? The idea of, of making movement, you know, that makes great change out there somewhere, forget it. You know, if you can't do that where you are, if you can't have peace in your environment, how can you have it anywhere? Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, it's always going to be a lot. And the best that we can offer is our own peace. You know, bring the peace to wherever you are. Mm -hmm. 
And so that that's that's how you keep going. You just rein yourself in, take a deep breath, and understand that it's endless. This this work that we have to do to make this world the paradise that basically it is. This planet is paradise. This is heaven. We're already there. Wow. Yeah. We we talk about this idea of burnout among activists people who are so passionate about a cause and invest so much of themselves into it and they get filled with hate or anger and i think listening to you one thing that that sings out loud and clear is a peace uh, 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 an empathy and a love i wonder if at any point in your career you, you felt that that burnout and if you have any advice to any activists out there that are feeling it now particularly now in in this challenging time mhm this is what i recommend don't stay wherever it is where you feel like you just absolutely can't do anything it's not helpful really i mean my my husband and i we were we were the first interracial couple legally married in mississippi and 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 we were very illegal on the books right so we stayed a long time but we stayed too long you know we stayed so long we were just wiped out basically don't do that when you feel like you have given all you got you know you have worked hard you have definitely you know laid everything you had at the foot of justice you know peace go somewhere else and do something else and my recommendation is that that's why hammocks were made you should just go and get a nice hammock somewhere <laughs> and let the world take care of itself for a good 6 weeks or 6 months because otherwise you you kill that wonderful thing that you have that compassion that mm-hmm. love of everyone that wish that everyone have everything they need but they can't get it if you're sick you know mm-hmm. you're like you know scratching around mad you know so <laughs> I think you should learn that 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 the struggle is long. It is hard. But you don't have to be there every minute beyond the period where you feel like you're going crazy. And that's great practical advice. All right, listeners, if you're feeling burnt out, go get a hammock. Exactly. <laughs> I'm definitely getting a hammock. And there's no shame. I mean, and there's no judgment, honestly. Yeah. And that's why I do say that because I'm old enough basically to tell you this and know that this is good medicine. Hmm. It's good medicine. Take care of yourself. You know, go to the beach. The world is always going to need so much help. I feel like I feel like what I'm hearing you say is put yourself first. Is that is that correct? Well, that's I think that's too clever. You know, I think people hear that and and what they hear is that you put yourself first and the hell with everybody. Else. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that, you know, after you have done all that you can do and you're dragging, yeah. go and repair. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. Mhm, you're very welcome. And yeah, dear listeners, go out buy a hammock. improve your surroundings improve improve exactly yeah exactly i mean it's simple really one candle lights a thousand right mhm mhm
We hope you enjoyed this conversation with Alice Walker. Join us next time when Rebecca and Owen sit down with Newsweek contributor and host of This Is Revolution podcast, Pascal Robert. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.